0: It's been a very, very busy morning, but I'm so glad to be back from Not Your Average Cheerleaders by week because, man, these games this past Sunday have taught us so much about week seven. And who would I be if I didn't fill you all in? Hey, everyone. My name is Ashley Gibbs, and I'm your host of another episode of Not Your Average Cheerleader. That's right. Here we discuss everything NFL football related from the players, to the game to the injuries to even the contracts so sit back listen in from a female perspective who secretly loves the game and let's dive into this conversation and get started welcome back we are on episode six you know i just had to have a bye week you know it's like nfl if i'm gonna follow the nfl then i need to have my own bye week right But that doesn't mean things did not happen. So we are going to jump into all these crazy topics. I'm going to fill you guys in on all the randomness that happened over the weekend, Sunday's game, everything you need to know. But first, today's episode is brought to you by the Dunkin' Donuts coffee in my cup. I had to make a quick run. That's what I meant when I said it's been a busy morning. Who would we be if we didn't use coffee at like 6.30 in the morning? I mean like the good stuff. I like caramel swirl in mine. I don't know about anybody else, but that's how I like to take my coffee. But what do you know? So let's dive right in to these amazing quick fire topics. And by that, I just mean one, one that is on everyone's mind when we all freaked out, looked to the left, lost our marbles when we found out Antonio Brown, yes, I said it, Antonio Brown signed a one-year deal with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady, I, you know what, let me just start here and say this. I was on Twitter when all this happened and I follow a lot of, you know, fellow fantasy football people, sports, um, you know, networks, all that great stuff. And one woman tweeted, you know, Tom Brady is down in Tampa acting like Nick Fury legit building the Avengers. I I completely agree with her, 100% agree with her. I thought it was the funniest reference to all this because it just seems like Tom Brady just keeps adding more weapons in his arsenal to be able to pick from the litter of whoever he wants to throw the ball to. And we're going to get into how he performed Sunday night. But first, let's talk about this because everyone knows that Antonio Brown and Tom Brady kind of talked a whole lot during the offseason, you know, Antonio Brown last year was drafted to the Patriots. First game out there with Tom Brady, scores a touchdown. Tom Brady finds him down in the end zone. And I mean, it was a beautiful, like, pass and a beautiful catch. And then, you know, Antonio Brown's, you know, personal conflicts, personal problems got in the way. You know, we won't get into details of those because we don't dive too much into players' personal lives. But, that's what got him kicked off the team. So it was a lot of back and forth question of whether he'll even be able to play. Is, you know, the NFL gonna find him? What does that actually look like? Well, NFL cleared him. He's back in and he's going down there to play with Tom Brady. Now, the coach has admitted that Tom Brady had nothing to do with Antonio Brown signing with the Bucks. I don't believe him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't believe him. Come on now. You have to say that because every fan is thinking Tom Brady has everything to do with Antonio Brown signing with the Bucks, And I mean to tell you, it's not like Tom Brady needs more, but this is a bonus. And at one point, there was a good number of teams that were interested in Antonio Brown. This is a guy who his personal life really interferes with him being able to play football, and he's good at it. I mean, you had the Seahawks were interested in Antonio Brown. You had another team, I think, that was interested in Antonio Brown. There was so much speculation about where he was going to go, and boom, signs with the Buccaneers. It's a done deal. We're interested to see how he's going to contribute to the Buccaneers' offense because it's not like they're doing bad at all. But, I mean, the more weapons you have, the only better it can get, right? I really think Tom Brady just wants to go back to the Super Bowl. I mean, who doesn't, but... Tom Brady really wants to go back to the Super Bowl. I don't know how many calls he made, letters he sent, fruit baskets. I have no idea, but, you know, Antonio Brown, him and his agent were like, let's do this, and he's in Florida about to live his best life. And I'm going to laugh if he does all this and the Buccaneers go to the Super Bowl and they win. You heard it here first on your Average Cheerleader. I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying I'm going to laugh really hard if this is what happens. So that is your quick fire topic. Let's get into the five things that week seven taught Not Your Average Cheerleader. Because we watched the game Sunday night, watched a lot of highlights, really got into some crazy stuff that took place on Sunday. I've got to watch a lot of reactions from fans because I'm on like every social media outlet. And it is the most entertaining thing when we break down as fans, when our team like starts doing horrible. And the first thing I learned from week seven was that New England is in deep trouble. I can't say another word, but they're in deep trouble. They faced my team, the 49ers. Shout out to all my 49ers faithful. And we crushed, we, oh gosh, we demolished them. I mean, we ate them a lot. It was bad. You guys, it was bad. It was 33 to six. Cam Newton threw three interceptions. And I mean... They took him out. I think they took him out towards the fourth quarter and put Stiddy in. Yeah, I called him Stiddy. That's going to stick. They put Stiddy in, and he threw one interception. It was just like the interception like game, and I really think that that's what caused the 49ers to be able to take advantage of that game. Because to be fair, Jimmy Garoppolo, who we'll get into in a second, had his own you know setbacks with throwing a ball. But the biggest part about that game was who does Cam Newton actually have to target? I mean, to be fair, he only inherited the same offense that Tom Brady had when he was there, hence why he left. So it's like at the same time, there's been so much conversation around how Bill Belichick is terrible at drafting wide receivers. He's always been bad at it. And I wanted to stop for a second and just – add my debate. Again, feel free to message me on social media, leave comments, um, how whichever platform you listen on, and let me know how you feel because my feedback is, you can argue Bill Belichick's terrible at drafting wide receivers, hence why Cam Newton has this problem, but to be fair, when the dynasty was at its peak, the guys he was using were people that nobody wanted. You know, Chris Hogan, Danny Amendola, Um, You had also, too, a few other rookies that came in. You had Julian Edelman. You had so many people that weren't even deemed good that because of a teamwork offense and a good system, that they were made in the top wide receivers, hence why other teams drafted two of them. Now, granted, you don't hear anything about two out of those three players anymore, and the argument is Julian Edelman is a shell of himself. He has so many injuries. Again, they said he had a foot injury um, situation during the game. Where it was painting him a little bit. That's what sources say. So it's just, you're, but then you have to remember a lot of these guys are at the tail ends of their careers rather than at the beginning. And you drafted some wide receivers whose times in a 40 yard dash are not that good. If they can't create distance between them and the person guarding them on the field, that ball is going to get knocked out, intercepted every time. And the 49ers defense took advantage of that. That's where a good chunk of our points honestly came from besides the running game that we were on. But it's very, very obvious that New England is in deep trouble. Cam Newton is not himself. Ever since he came back from recovering from COVID-19, he hasn't been himself. He even admitted to not being himself in an interview. And he said he just has to do better, play better, work harder. Well, we going to see because I'm telling you right now, you need to do better because that pass to Julian Edelman was not a good one. It tipped off his hands right into 49ers' hands. Yes. And we ran it downfield. So. That's a little highlight from that game. Let's transition on to the second thing that week seven taught me, which is Jimmy Garoppolo needs to work harder. I know I just talked about how the 49ers just won. You're like, Ashley, the 49ers just won. What are you saying? I'm saying that Jimmy needs to work harder because he threw two interceptions during that game. We won that game because of a run game. Once again, 49ers are good with the run game. New England's defense could not stop it. That defense is horrific right now. They're missing nine of their key players who chose to sit out this year because of the coronavirus. And then on top of that, we just ran it down their throats every chance we got. We're already on, I think, a fourth or fifth running back backup. Like, and this is another thing we learned. They need to play Wilson more because that kid was running up and down the field. Like, I mean, nothing you've ever seen. Jeez, I can't even describe, I don't know where we draft these running backs from, but we're picking good ones because that guy was a beast. I mean, he was tearing that field up. And that is the main reason why we won that game. It is not because Jimmy Garoppolo threw some amazing passes that made him look like an elite quarterback. He has a lot of work to do. I need one of his teammates to just give him that honest feedback because I think we hype him up. But the truth is... We're winning games because people can run the ball. Now, I will say when I see him do those short passes, he will like, you know, ice it in there. I mean, that ball would look like it has some power behind it. He needs to get better with his accuracy with those longer passes and really learn to switch it up. Study the field more because that interception he threw, I cursed so loud, you all, when I was watching that game. I was watching a TV show because, you know, I like to watch Criminal Minds because I'm that weird. And I was like, okay, I was watching Criminal Minds on my iPad, but I was watching a game on my phone. Leave me alone. That's what I do. And also managing my fantasy football team, which did atrocious. Um, that is your word for today. Atrocious <laughs> on Sunday. I lost horrifically. I'm just throwing all these random words out there that probably don't even fit. I don't know if it's the spirit of Halloween, but anyway, My fantasy football team did bad. Even if I had put Brady in, I thought Cam was going to come back and crush it because he had something to prove. He was in the negatives. I will never. He's getting benched. I, I will say this on podcast radio. I will never doubt Tom Brady ever again. There, I said it. I will never doubt Tom Brady, the GOAT, ever again. But to the biggest point that I was trying to make about Jimmy Garoppolo, one of his teammates needs to go give him that feedback. Go sit him down. Say, hey, listen, listen, we need you to study the tape better. We need to get on the field. We have to build a chemistry. We just need to do better because every time it seems like they allow him to throw the ball, it goes straight to the other team. And then I look out there because the camera pivots and there's not a single 49ers in the area where he threw the ball. I was like, so who were you throwing it to? Were you deliberately trying to give an interception because he's out there by himself and that's the opposite team. I just, I need something different. I need it, y'all. I need it. Because those interceptions are getting to me. Third thing that I learned from week seven, I sound a little bit savage this morning, it's the coffee. (laughs) It's the coffee. But let's keep going. (sighs) You know, Cowboys fans are not all right right now. They're not okay. If you have a friend that is a Cowboys fan, send them a fruit basket. Buy them a cup of coffee or tea in the morning. Maybe give them lunch one day. Just give them a hug. Okay, we can't do hugs because of COVID 19, but maybe send them a gift card because they need it. Like, I've never seen the Cowboys play. Oh, Lord, they play bad. I mean, they faced the Washington football team 25 to three, 25 to three. So they traveled all the way <laughs> to play Washington to just kick a field goal, it was the worst thing I've ever seen. And then on top of that, Andy Dalton is now ruled out because of a tackle that knocked his helmet off. If you watch the footage, literally his helmet came clean off. They thought he was done. There was another quarterback who suffered a similar injury that really messed up his neck. I think even Peyton Manning in one game suffered a similar injury where that happened, and he ended up having to get surgery like on his neck and things like that, so... You know, when you're down like that, you would think your teammates would come to your defense. That is not what happened. They stood around after he's laying there, literally laying there, like his forehead's on the grass. He's like wondering if he can move. And his teammates are just standing there twiddling their thumbs. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Your quarterback. Okay, I get it. He's not your first string quarterback. He's still your quarterback. He's the only reason why you could possibly win a game right now. And you're not going to run to his age. You're not going to run to his defense. You should be pushing the guy that did that because he knew exactly what he was doing. And that's not how we play football. That could have literally done some serious damage to that guy. So for them to not have that brotherhood with him really told told us a lot about where the Cowboys are right now. They're not playing like a team. I can honestly say that. I know my sister is a diehard Cowboys fan. She agrees with me. You don't have to worry about it. We talked about this. They aren't playing like a team right now. They're literally playing for themselves. They're there to do exactly what we in our community like to call collect a check. And at that point, when you're just collecting a check, you're not going to win any games. It's Everybody's out for themselves. You're not going to win any games. That means you don't care. And I love Ryan Clark. I watch all his um, interviews and inputs on, you know, sports, a lot of the sports networks. Sorry for that beeping sound in the back. It's early in the morning and, you know, kids are getting ready to go to school. But I watch a lot of Ryan Clark and I agree with him. He said, and I quote, and I kind of cracked up, this team is being held together by Gorilla Glue and duct tape. And the one person responsible for holding it together is now injured and gone for the season, which was Dak Prescott. So the team never transitioned. They never really made. That was his quote. And in my words, the team never transitioned. They never made a relationship with Andy Dalton. Even though you still want to win, I get it. Like you feel some kind of way about whatever is going on with Dak Prescott, but at the same time, I think you got to you got to support your teammates. And Andy Dalton was almost taken out. You're on your third string quarterback, and there's a lot of rumor bills that they're about to make a huge trade. According to sources, they're saying that even the Cowboys owner had to call in some favors for this trade. It's coming. Keep your eyes peeled for this one. It is coming if it hasn't already. But they got to do better because they are playing like the worst team in the NFL right now. And it's really shocking how they don't support the quarterback they have. And no offense, if Dak is gone, you would think you would give Andy Dalton some credit because he's the best you're going to get right now. No, y'all ain't got nobody else. Oh, okay, Just saying. And you know what else? Real quick on that statement. I think we just have to face the fact that they're not going to win no more games. Zeke is, he's checked out. I looked at Zeke. Zeke looking around like, why am I out here on the field? That's right, I got to collect a check. Like, that's how he looks. So let's keep our eyes peeled for what this trade is going to do. Hopefully whoever, and it's rumored it's on the QB side, according to my insider. So I know for a fact that whatever, you know, is going to happen next they're going to have to give some more credit to connect with that quarterback if they at least want to win another game. I said what I said. The fourth thing that Week 7 taught me was that, I said this earlier, Tom Brady is assembling the Avengers in Tampa. Gee whiz, when they played, you know, the Raiders yesterday, I, I feel for every Raiders fan, they whooped them a new one, 45-20, to 20? Tom Brady is now in the conversation for MVP status. This guy is out there. He's 43. I was reading all the tweets, Tom Brady's washed up, Tom Brady's this, this, this. And then I look at this week's tweets and they're like, who said Tom Brady's washed up? Who said that Tom Brady can't play anymore? Well, to me, zero interceptions, four touchdowns, even his own quarterback sneak rush touchdown. Ridiculous. Let me tell you something. He clearly wants to win. And now that you're adding A-B to the mix, that's all that's going to happen next. Y'all better stay woke on the Buccaneers. We said this. I said this during the offseason. I'm saying it again. Stay woke on the Buccaneers because Tom Brady's not playing. He went down there because he wanted to win. He has every intention of doing that. So it's very, very clear what's possibly going to happen next. But Tom Brady is not washed up. You heard it from me. I will never doubt the GOAT Tom Brady ever again. He's on my fantasy football team. I'm putting him in. I'm taking Cam Newton out. I'm taking out Julie Edelman. I'm taking out all the Patriots because they just look like they don't know what the beep they're doing. I beat myself out. They don't know what they're doing. I got to re- you know, vent my lineup. I have to win. I can't win with the the what I'm using right now. It's not happening. Like The, <laughs> the challenges are real. It's like good grief. So, shout out to the Buccaneers for that good win, and you know what's really interesting about that is the Buccaneers beat the Raiders, and just last Sunday, the Raiders are the first ones to hand Kansas City their first loss. I really feel like we don't know who's going to end up at the Super Bowl. I mean, we know Kansas City, nine times out of ten, will end up there just because they won the most games, but to be fair, you can win the most games, get your tail whooped in the playoffs, and then not end up at the Super Bowl at all, so... I can't predict. I'll probably try to predict Super Bowl candidates um, next week or at least down to last four teams I think is going to be between for the Super Bowl running. So we'll do that next week. That's coming next week. Stick with me on that one. And the last thing I learned from week seven was Baker Mayfield. I know, I know. Y'all know how I feel about the Browns. You know how I feel about Baker Mayfield. He threw five touchdowns in the fourth quarter, sucked in the first half of the game, where he threw an interception that was really horrific, and then OBJ tried to clear up that interception by chasing the guy down. Now OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr is out for the rest of the season due to a torn ACL. It's bad. Your number one um, wide receiver is gone. Funnily enough, though, when OBJ was gone, that's when Baker Mayfield started to play better. I'm not speculating. As to why, I don't know. I'm not going to even go down that Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole. But I just, I saw what I saw. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. He played better when OBJ was not in the game. But to be fair, 37-34 to against the Bengals, I still am not going to give Baker Mayfield his props. Everybody wants to hype Baker Mayfield up, but he is not consistent enough for me to care. I'm sorry. The only reason I'm talking about this is because that interception resulted in one of the wide receivers getting injured. And I shouted out OBJ all this time. Now he's done. We're not going to see him until next season. If I was OBJ, I'd be trying to seek a trade. I would get healed up. I would perform to the best of my ability. And I would get traded out of there. Because it's very clear that he just does better with targeting the other wide receivers for some reason. And no real chemistry with OBJ. Now, if Baker Mayfield didn't throw the last pass of the game, which resulted in the win, we would be talking about Burrow right now who is the quarterback for the Bengals, that kid was playing like an elite quarterback yesterday. I mean, for him to not have the protection in the pocket that he needs, he still he takes every hit and still manages to get up and still make moves happen. That's probably the best I've seen the Bengals play, to be honest with you. So the truth of the matter is, against Baker Mayfield, I think more people are leaning towards just the performance of Burrow better than Baker Mayfield. That's my two cents. Y'all know how already I feel. I know y'all probably like, well, you don't like Baker Mayfield. If Baker Mayfield can consistently perform the way he did, he would have more props for me. Not that he cares, but I'm just being honest. I'm only going over what I've seen. That's it. So next week's episode, we're going to make some Super Bowl slash We're going to make some playoffs slash Super Bowl predictions, but that is it. That's all I got for you. You know, we're keeping an eye on the COVID cases right now. They had to switch up the schedule a few times because some facilities had to shut down. I know the Patriots facility just came back from being reopened because one of their other players who remained nameless got COVID-19. So that may have contributed a little bit to the performance as well, but stay with us Good luck with your fantasy football teams. It's every man for himself out there. It's getting tough, but we're going to finish out strong. We're going to try to enjoy the rest of what we got and hopefully figure out who's going to make it to the Super Bowl. That's all I got for you. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate every last one of you. Again, make sure you go out and rock the vote. We're getting super close. This election is super important. Just, you know, play your part. And if you don't want to vote, that's on you. But I'm going to encourage everybody to go, you know, contribute their civic duty. Nothing wrong with that. Thank you again. And I will see you guys on the radio, which doesn't make sense, (laughs) which doesn't make sense next week. Bye.